0: You can't delegate digital transformation for your company. You and your executives have to own it. Executives need to engage, embrace, and adopt new ways of working with the latest in emerging technologies. And that's where we come in. Welcome to Embracing Change. The business world is changing at a faster pace than it ever has, and companies need to keep up. We interview the most interesting CEOs, CMOs, and other executives to talk about their challenges with digital transformation in their industry. This is Embracing Change, and this is your host, Gerardo Carrick. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Embracing Change, the digital transformation podcast, where we talk to business leaders and executives about how changes in technology and in consumer behavior are affecting their industries and companies. I am your host, Gerardo Kerik, Chief Digital Strategist at WSI Digital Boost. This show is brought to you by WSI, the largest network of independent digital agencies helping clients worldwide improve the return investment of their digital assets. Our topic for this episode is how is digital transformation changing the healthcare industry. And I had the pleasure of having Doe Bergsman, Chief Marketing Officer of Piedmont Healthcare, as a guest. We talked about what are the challenges of digital transformation in healthcare? How do we deal with the patient-doctor relationship in the era of telemedicine, amongst other topics? I hope you enjoy it. Hi everyone, welcome to Embracing Change a podcast that tells the stories of digital transformation from the individuals that are leading uh, those transformations in organizations. Our guest today is Doe Bergsma. He's the chief marketing officer. Hi, uh, Doe. He's the chief marketing officer of uh, of Pitman Healthcare. Um, Before that, he's been in several uh, CMO positions with brands like uh, Georgia Pacific. He spent lots of years in Procter & Gamble, so he, he brings a lot of experience to the world of marketing. Hi, though, how are you? I'm good. How are you, Gerardo? I'm very happy to have you here. Thank you for accepting to, to be a guest.
1: Yeah, well, thanks for including Pete Bont. I'm looking forward to it.
0: Excellent, excellent. So just for the benefits of, uh, of our listeners, um, would you mind uh, giving us a, ge- a very brief introduction on, on your background?
1: Yes, uh, as you said, I'm Dow Bergsbaugh. I'm originally from the Netherlands. That explains my uh, my name and my accent. Uh, I started at uh, Procter & Gamble there after business school. And after a few years there, uh, Procter offered me the opportunity to do an assignment in the United States. Uh, My wife and I moved to Atlanta, Georgia for a two-year assignment. But a year and a half into it, uh, Procter asked me to go to headquarters in Cincinnati and uh, I did several roles there for about 12, 13 years. And then in 2011, I had the opportunity to become the chief marketing officer for Georgia Pacific here in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, across all of their consumer brands. And I did that for about nine years. And then about uh, 20 months ago, right before the COVID uh, Pandemic. I joined Piedmont Healthcare as their uh, chief marketing officer, overseeing uh, internal and external communications, uh, physician outreach, which is kind of the sales function in healthcare, as well as all of the marketing capabilities.
0: Excellent. Well, thank you. Know, thank you for that. And I totally get the your your arc of coming to the United States for a couple of years and then staying for longer. I mean, it, the same happened to me. I, I I was a brand manager in Mexico. Then I was promoted to uh, a senior position in London. And I thought it was gonna be two years and I ended up never going back to Mexico. So I totally get the... <laughs>
1: here. I uh, It was a two year assignment and by now my wife and I uh, have a horse farm here in Georgia, I'm American. <laughs> And, uh, you know, I go to the Netherlands uh, as a visitor.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Well, I mean, it's, it's part of the new, if the, of the new, um, nomad executive, right? Yes, exactly. Exactly. Well, the topic of today, of course, our podcast focuses on digital transformation. And I think there's very few industries that are going through bigger transform. I mean, all industries are going through a lot of digital transformation, but in in the health healthcare sector is particularly interesting, right? Because of the complete uh, um, 360 uh, influence digital could have uh, around the, the whole sector, right? From from uh, data analytics to telemedicine, to user experience. I mean, there's so many areas that we can talk to, uh, today about. So I'll, I'm really looking forward to our conversation. Uh, I know, that um, Piedmont has been coming has been going through a through a big transformation, and I wanted to get this out of the uh, out of the uh, out of the conversation as soon as possible. Which is, you just launched a new campaign, right? Yes. Do You want to tell us a little bit about that?
1: Uh, yes. We uh, a few weeks ago we launched uh, our new campaign with our new tagline, um, Piedmont: A uh, Real Change Lives Here. Uh, it is uh, is the first comprehensive uh, marketing, communication, sales campaign that we have done in several years, mm-hmm. and the objective is to uh, communicate and engage with our patients and consumers across the state of Georgia uh, in a way that it. Uh, it increases the awareness of Piedmont as their healthcare potential healthcare provider. It uh, improves the uh, the trust that they will have in our system, and it improves the preference they have uh, among the, the the great choices that consumers and patients have in Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that was kind of the uh, the emphasis uh, in our brief as we started working with uh, several of our partners. Mm-hmm. Um, Fast forward that translated into a a marketing campaign that on the one hand is is built to drive long term brand building and drive metrics like awareness and preference. And then the other hand is designed to drive short term conversion with metrics like uh, physician visits and uh, procedures uh, with our physicians in the system. Uh, On the one hand, we have uh, a marketing campaign that leverages mass media like TV, radio, billboards, uh, banner ads, social media. And on the other hand, we also have short term uh, activation efforts that are focused on driving people through the experience that it's easy to book to find a book a doctor line, uh, check in before you walk in, have all your information in one place. Uh, and if you look at our campaign, and I recommend everybody to look at it, even if you're not based in the state of Georgia, uh, you'll see that we have a, TV commercial that embraces the state of Georgia, where we're here to empower Georgians uh, by changing healthcare. And uh, we do that through making the system more accessible, easier to navigate, and have a better and better orchestrated experience as they interact with us. Uh, and that's what our commercial is about. It's it's all about empowering Georgia by changing healthcare and basically by modernizing it.
0: Mm-hmm. And really, you know, I've seen the campaign. I think it's really really good. The the it really connects to the to the local customer in Georgia. Um, but really, it's all about communicating all of the efforts that the the team uh, has been working on uh, to transform. The user experience, right? Yes. At, at all levels, um, we will talk about user experience uh, shortly. But one of my questions, uh, as a follow-up to 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 the campaign, is you mentioned about the objectives being to develop awareness, right, and then to to develop um, or, or or to motivate uh, visits, right, to mm-hmm. to the doctors and to the facilities. How, first of all, can you attribute, and, and if, uh, if you can attribute the, the behavior of somebody walking onto, uh, onto a doctor's appointment, can you, attri- can you attribute it to, uh, uh, to the campaign? And if yes, how do you do it? Yes,
1: so the intent is to make sure that we, we understand to what extent the campaign plays a role. Mm-hmm. Now, like many industries, including healthcare, uh, nothing is that single-minded and that linear. It's not mm-hmm. you put an ad on TV or you put a uh, display ad online or you post a social media and all of a sudden you can have 100% attribution between that activity and somebody choosing our system over another system. Um, so there is, there is a lot of metrics and measurements. Um, and you can see that the total sum of activities and efforts... Will have some impact on the total sum of the outcomes. It's harder to attribute individual efforts and separate those and say, in those individual efforts, had impact on those individual outcomes. Uh, so, for example, an email. It's. Uh, relatively easy for us to measure the impact of email. You send out emails and people click mm-hmm. book and you know next thing they show up for an appointment. And you can safely assume that sending out that email had an impact on that activity that consumer undertook at that point of time. Then the question is to what extent was the email just a reminder of behavior they were already planning on and just pull it up a week? Mm-hmm. Or was that email a a a shift in behavior and plans and instead of going to another area another another system they now chose us that part is harder to to determine but over if you consistently measure these things over time and uh, you do a lot of a b and then test control testing um and you have good benchmarks at one point you get a pretty good idea while never being 100 percent perfect yeah um, but For me, it's also consistency of measures over time. Mm -hmm. Even if the absolute number is wrong, you can at least see the trend over time because the margin of error that you have is then consistent over time. So Mm -hmm. there's a lot of analytics obviously involved, a lot of metrics involved in connecting those metrics. And in some areas like email, it's easier than other areas like PR or Mm -hmm. as uh, internal communication. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, there are things that they are easier to measure and have a better, clearer explanation of the effect. In other areas, it's, it's very hard to measure. I, I, I personally think internal communication and external communication is, is, is very hard to measure on the effect. Uh, on the other hand, I think our sales efforts, you know, when our, our consultants and our liaisons are visiting our doctors and you see the effect within the next few weeks on referrals – uh, that's a little bit easier to measure and easier to attribute. I already mentioned email. Uh, sometimes uh, paid social and display ads uh, is better to track. Uh, TV and radio and billboards uh, have their own challenges. Yeah. Uh, you know, then you you look at you know, multi regression analysis leveraging some of the uh, commercial mixed modeling that that you see in other industries. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but at the end of the day the key is to have some idea of the value you create through your efforts based on the information you have and the best you can do mm-hmm. knowing that it will never be 100% perfect mm-hmm. and that the attribution is not always 100% correct
0: yeah it's it's very interesting when you look across all industries i think the challenge is is very similar in the sense of um, being able to attribute what efforts are actually paying off, right? But what is very, I think, uh, um, uh, interesting of of uh, this new era of um, more digital tools is the fact that uh, now we have DMPs and data lakes, and we can actually connect the dots, right? I mean, it, that has all the challenges, right? Which is now you now you need to put a lot of emphasis on data analytics, but now you can actually look at, at, the, at the customer behavior across different platforms, across different uh, touch points of a campaign, and to your point on email, be able to automate the reach out based on the customer journey, right? Based mm-hmm. on what ad that person, when, if it was on an on addressable TV, let's say they watched the ad on Hulu, right? And we know that they watched an ad and they read a blog and they opened an email. Right uh, now we know that that customer is going through a certain be- a journey that grants us to try to reach out, reach it out in, in this way, right? With this offer or with this mm-hmm. motivator, and and that's something that we couldn't do before as marketeers. No, right?
1: no, no, you're right, and and there is a a factor that that is complicating these connections and these measurements in healthcare as it does in other industries is the role of the personal relationship and word of mouth yeah um, like some other industries healthcare on the one hand is going through a digital transformation and all the tools that you mentioned and that we spoke about before but on the other hand it's still very strongly driven by relationships relationship mm-hmm. between a primary care physician and specialty care physicians. Like Mm -hmm. who are you going to refer your patient to often is driven by the personal connection Mm -hmm. and the personal knowledge that you have of your colleagues uh, in the areas of specialty care, whether it's oncology or cardiology. On the Mm -hmm. other hand, there's also this personal relationship between a physician and a patient. Mm -hmm. And uh, so even if you have the best ad in the world, uh, you're going to stick with the doctor that you're with. And Mm -hmm. and if you're very satisfied and and, and a great commercial is not going to change that. Uh, mm-hmm. not 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 as it does for example in Cpg other industries where you say mm-hmm. hey I'm using product X I saw this ad or I saw this I have this engagement with this brand now I see enough to uh, to give the other brand uh, a chance um, now on the flip end even if you say hey because of the experience I have in the digital space or for mass media I'm considering this 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 healthcare provider hmm Then on the flip end, you have, well, um, somebody else can talk you out of it. Like, oh, no, I know Dr. So-and-so. You shouldn't go to to this one. You should go see my doctor. Mm -hmm. Or your Mm -hmm. primary physician says, well, I know that you've seen, you know, this cancer center, but I actually prefer that you go to so-and-so. So So there is this this brand engagement that you have, but there's Mm -hmm. also person-to-person engagement that you have. And that makes the dynamic in healthcare so interesting.
0: Of course, of course. I think I was I was just looking at um, some uh, research um, according to DM N three that shows that the customers forty percent are researching doctors online, thirty eight percent are researching hospitals and medical facilities, and seventy seven percent are actually booking medical appointments. Uh, are used to or are expecting to book with medical appointments uh, online. So I think if we talk a little bit about the user experience, right? How users experience um, the, the, the healthcare sector. And you and I, we talked about, about customer expectations as well, right? Uh, how is the, in a world where people are used to ordering what they want to eat online, you know, to, uh, to get an Uber or join a meeting on Zoom or being able to um, order anything they want from Amazon. All of, the, all of those standards have created expectations for us as, as customers of any industry, regardless of how digitally transformed they are. So my, I guess my, my specific question to, to you regarding the healthcare industries, what are the new customer expectations for, for healthcare? Are, is there anything that you can share with us about, yeah. about that?
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll, so I would rephrase uh, the answer to your question, is the, uh, these are not specific expectations, people for healthcare. These are expectations that are changing for society overall. True. Uh And obviously, in some industries, they have led uh, in a way that those expectations have changed. Mm -hmm. And other industries followed and, and, you know, lived up to those expectations. And then in healthcare and some other industries, you know, they still have a little bit to go to get there. So nowadays, it's easier. um, For example, let's say if I want to go to New York, uh, let's say I want to go to a certain hotel in New York uh, next week. I can do everything online. Actually, I can everything on my phone.
0: Mm-hmm. I can,
1: uh, you know, order a, a uh, an Uber or another drive share to the airport. I can book my ticket to the airport. I can check in at the airport. Uh, I actually have my, you know, my security on my on my on my phone. Mm-hmm. Um, when I arrive in New York, I, I do another uh, drive share app in mm-hmm. When I'm in New York, I go to the hotel and I book the hotel on one of the many sites and I check in. And sometimes I can even use my phone as the key to my room. Mm-hmm. I can do all of that without a single time making a phone call or talking to somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not fully there yet when it comes to healthcare. Where, of course, you still want to talk to your doctor eventually, Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, very different from, you know, you don't you don't expect to talk to the to the pilot and you don't expect to talk to the hotel owner or. uh, And I don't think you can avoid talking to the uh, to the Uber driver. Um, (laughs) In the end, you want to have an interaction with a clinician uh, or with their staff member, but the process to get there. Uh, is very mixed and often you still have to, you know, pick up the phone and make a call and they call you back and they they reschedule. You'll get there, you know, you have to fill out a bunch of papers, you know, the clipboard uh, and, you know, you're sitting there filling out the same papers, wondering why you're filling this out again, because you already did last time you were there and the time before that. And so there are some experiences within healthcare that are not in line with what you see in other industries but because of those other industries and those other experiences, consumers come to expect and, and those experience in healthcare and some other industries all of a sudden stand out because, well, why is it so easy for me to book a hotel room or a flight or, or a cab or, you know, a restaurant? And why is it not so easy to book my doctor or to book my appointment? Mm-hmm. Now it's rapidly changing and a lot of systems are embracing this thinking and, and, and moving forward. Uh, but the, uh, there's still some, uh, some opportunity for healthcare providers to get there and, and Piedmont, uh, uh, when we talk about transforming healthcare, that is literally the transformation we talk about, you know, find a book, a doctor online. Have the ratings and reviews right there when you search for something you know we need to show up on on, on, on the search engine mm-hmm. and uh, you know when you 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 engage with our doctors you make your appointment online you you walk in and you already checked in before you walk in and you hold up your phone and say hey listen I uh, I already checked in mm-hmm. you don't have to fill out all the clipboard papers your your, your insurance information is uploaded maybe your credit card already prepaid um, and then you know when, when the results come out, you'll, you'll have your Piedmont My chart where all of the information is one place. you can text or you can email with your doctor right from there. That is mm-hmm. kind of where we're going and that's talking about the campaign we talked earlier. Mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. what we want to emphasize and uh, make sure that our, our, our patients and consumers understand we have those capabilities and that we're offering that experience as we speak. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. the experience that they have in other industries, around them in society, uh, actually is is now available within healthcare.
0: Oh, wow. Okay, so so this is something that it's not coming in a few years. This is something that we're now able to deliver.
1: Yes, many healthcare systems, and of course, Piedmont is is there. Not mm-hmm. for everything, you know, if you have a liver transplant or you have a stroke, mm. you know, that that experience is very different. Of course. Like, families with the see, you need to call 911. And... Uh, so it, it differs by the service and the urgency and the distance. So there are a lot of variables, but let me put it that way: um, it's not available for everything, but it is available for way more things than people currently believe there are.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so there is something about and 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 this to me, I think it's really well connected to the concept of uh, big data in healthcare. Because We need to be able, you know, in order to be able to provide that customer experience, you have to be able to connect all of that data and make sense out of that data, right? So, there's something about uh, big data aggregation that uh, I think uh, is very transformative for healthcare, and, and I'd love to hear your point of view on that. But, the, you know, through big data. You know, we we could lower the rate of uh, medical errors, right? Because now we you know we know what what trends we, we're looking at trends and we're being able to analyze those trends, right? Uh, we might be able to facilitate preventive preventive care because we know if somebody came to visit uh, you know their 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 doctor certain months ago, it's due now time to uh, to come back, right? <clears throat> there could be more accurate staffing planning, not, Right, Because now through connecting all of the dots, we know how people are uh, uh, behaving. I, I think there's, there's something about that and uh, the trend of wearable devices, where through wearable devices, and I don't know to, to what extent, but if they are interconnected to these big data lakes, doctors can now then be looking at trends and looking at behaviors of their patients and predict... Uh, when when a patient probably needs to needs to come for their explicit or maybe needs to 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 be reviewed for 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 their medication, it, how far away are we from from that from that world where patients and doctors are interconnected through data, wearable devices, etc. Uh,
1: great question, and you know it's it's not an easy answer. There are so many variables that play into that. Mm-hmm. On the one hand, there's there's there are several laws that protect the privacy of our patients,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, so that obviously that that plays into it. On the mm-hmm. other hand, it's it's how clean is the data, how advanced are the platforms, uh, to what extent will consumers and patients opt in and voluntarily have a relationship where data flows freely. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then, on uh, the other, like how clean is the data and how accurate is it? So there's mm-hmm. a lot of questions and unanswered, but based on what you've seen around you, uh, and what you see in other industries, it's not too far fetched to believe that that future is one of the potential options. If society chooses to go down that route, mm-hmm. um, but if you're asking me how far are we, it's, it's, it's mixed. On the one hand, we, for example, use AI when we're dealing with a stroke Mm -hmm. Uh, and uh, leveraging AI and a huge worldwide database to look at similar variables and then narrow it down to this patient has these variables. This is the patient information. So it is most likely that the patient has this uh, procedure as the most successful one for them is already there mm-hmm. and it saves off maybe seconds of of the treatment but in a stroke situations seconds can be the difference between life and death of course very advanced tapping into worldwide information and data uh and making and sure that the doctor has the best tools and the best knowledge available in the fastest way possible mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's already there um, on the other hand, you know, we have robots cleaning hospitals that already yeah. exist. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not aware of, you know, uh, some areas that you mentioned where, you know, information flows, flows freely between, you know, the, the patient's uh, iWatch or Apple Watch and, and their practitioner, where the practitioner is like, oh, you know, there's a lot of red meat in this diet. Uh, let me ping them with a warning about uh, eating more heart healthy. Yeah. Um, but you can imagine that it's possible, but there's a lot of things that go into on the one hand, laws, consumer choice and opt-ins, uh, and then obviously the technology and the process capabilities uh, that are of, out there. Of course,
0: uh, of course. But in the end of the day,
1: I think as a whole healthcare system society needs to balance what's techno- technically possible and what is humanely reasonable because uh, data privacy and protecting your information and your data is 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 also a priority and you need a balance of course your, your health and wellness with protecting the information of you and
0: your family of course of course and 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 to, you know to that point and i know it's not here just yet but to that point i think uh, blockchain might play an important role uh, Totally different to, to to the idea of Bitcoin and 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 you know I know that is you know there's there's a lot of arguments for and against but the, the technology of blockchain could be probably one of the triggers that help better protect data uh, and data, uh, data privacy that would allow this type of communication between devices and and um, and physician systems right so. It's interesting. In the next few worlds in the next few years, how that that's gonna be evolving. Um, I think if you connect the dots, it's gonna happen. It has to happen because now we have the ability to through opt-ins, right? And maybe it's not for every condition, but maybe if 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 there's a patient with high cholesterol or with diabetes or with a certain condition, you know, they will opt-in to be monitored through a wearable and uh, and receive messages from their doctors, right? maybe yes. not, for, not not maybe not for a healthy person but the the, the the conditions are there for it to happen it's just logistics now in terms of data privacy i'm i'm not trying to minimize it but there's going to there's going to be a technological solution for that oh, yes, some no, somebody's no, no. going to make a lot of money finding yeah. a solution for that
1: yeah and, and, and as I, as i started there uh, before it is it, it it is it is mixed and it, it very depends on the situation Mm-hmm. And in some situations, you know, we're already monitoring and in other situations, you know, uh, it, it's not going to happen. And it, 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 there's a lot of variables that drive that. Mm-hmm. But the, um, uh, I think overall, if the technology serves humanity in a way that it improves your life and it improves your health, uh, there's a huge benefit to that. Uh, you yep. need to balance that with the potential downsides, and things like blockchain and other, you know, future technologies might help us on on protecting against fraud and uh, uh, freely sharing of personal information. And um, like many many things in society, it's it's balancing the pros and cons, the the, the, the potential upside and the potential downside. Yeah, um, you know, it's it, it goes all the way back to things like flying and electricity. Uh, and I'm sure they have debates there. Like, well, if you start flying, there will be, you know, airplanes that that will have accidents, and you know, if you have electricity, somebody's going to put their finger in the in, in the box and and get yeah. shocked. Yeah. Um, so yeah,
0: yeah. Um, so. Mo- moving on to a different topic, and you and I had this conversation when we were talking about the, the podcast, when we were pre- prepping for the podcast, and I think this is something that it's so interesting about the challenges in the industry, right? Which is it, the balance between digital modernization of the user experience, the tools, etc., with the role of the community health provider, right? Because at the end of the day, healthcare is very human. I mean, you're dealing with nurses, you're dealing with doctors, you're dealing with your health and you, you're fragile and you're concerned. There's, there's something that is very, very uh, connected and human about it, but we're trying to transform the experience through tools, right? But can you tell us a little bit more about how to balance those two things, right? The fact that there's a community role of healthcare, but then there is the digital modernization that needs to happen to healthcare.
1: Yeah, I would say there's a, a healthcare provider, depending, it kind of depends where you are as a healthcare provider. It's a bit different if you're an individual doctor's practice or if you're a large healthcare system or a local hospital. But for Piedmont, free, there's kind of free of the many roles, is free very important in there. First and foremost, we are a healthcare provider. Mm -hmm. That's our reason for being. And that is mostly about a person to person relationship Mm -hmm. between the physician and the patient. Uh, There's an emotional and a functional uh, connection. It's about quality and compassion. It's about healing and addressing an issue. So that's one role that you have. The second role, is the role that you as a healthcare provider have in the community. And a system like Piedmont often is one of the largest employers in the community. Uh, We're often one of the largest customers for many uh, other companies in the community. Mm -hmm. Uh, The healthcare situation and the healthcare provider plays a key role in the standing and the image of the community. For example if you're a developer you would like to make sure that where you're developing your houses there's a good healthcare system and a good school system in the neighborhood it, it kind of makes a big difference mm-hmm. and that is more while well, the healthcare provider like this is more person to person This is more organization to community. It's it's, it's more abstract, but Mm -hmm. very important. Mm -hmm. And the third role is more of a service provider, where the first role has similarities between a client and a lawyer or Mm -hmm. a client and a a financial advisor. The second role is more like the community has with schools or with churches or with the government and with their healthcare uh, uh, system. The third role is more of a service provider, where there's a lot of similarities with hotels or retailers where Mm -hmm. you say, Hey, I need something and I want it to be convenient. I want it to be simple. I want to be interacting with confidence and, you know, at the right time at the right place Mm -hmm. where I choose to. Uh, And that is kind of the area and it's more person, the patient to the organization. And it's little. So the clinical experience is more person to person. The system experience is more system to person. And in that last rule I'm describing, that's where there's a huge opportunity to mimic and to follow where society is, as we talked earlier, why wouldn't the experience with the healthcare system where you need to book an appointment, when you need a flu shot, or you need a COVID vaccine, Mm -hmm. uh, or you need an appointment with your physician for your annual health check, why wouldn't that experience be similar to booking a ticket on, on your airline like Delta, also based in Atlanta, or mm-hmm. when ordering something at Home Depot, also based in Georgia, uh, or ordering a chicken sandwich, a Chick-fil-A, also based in Georgia. See how we are mm-hmm. trying to empower Georgia? Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, I love it. <laughs> um, but, and that is the area where I think the digital transformation and the modernization plays a key role. The person-to-person will always always be about human relationships between you Mm -hmm. and your doctor. Mm -hmm. The community-to-system will always be about us as a large organization and the key role we play in our surrounding community in many areas. And then us as a service provider, we try to become more like other service provider, whether it's your grocery store or whether it's your hairdresser or whether it's your bank, it uh, could be your healthcare system, and the experience should be similar in that in that area. There's mm-hmm. more, or many more other roles that we play, obviously, but in those roles, there is a different role to play for the digital transformation. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that last role that I mentioned is where where we try to excel and transform healthcare
0: of course of but course.
1: it's not either or you have to be a community player you have to be the healthcare provider and you have to be the service provider where you have easy access and and, and a smooth integrated orchestrated experience
0: of course i mean in the, in 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 this case really digital what it's doing is amplifying that community service right it's making it, it it's simplifying the 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 journey is simplifying the access, but it's amplifying the benefits and that compassion yes. that you talk about, and that service mm-hmm. uh, that that uh, is provided. Um, what are the organizational challenges to to, to this transformation? Yeah, well, the, the first is change in general for very
1: established industries is always a challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, uh, I'm in healthcare only for 20 months, uh, but it does me, remind me a lot of the transformation that retail went through several years ago.
0: But what 20 months? I mean, I know you joined the, uh, this job like a month before COVID. Yeah, down, I had right? four,
1: uh, four, four, what I would call regular weeks. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I was going through like the onboarding and the compliance training and getting to know everybody. And so I started early February 6th, March 7th. We had a uh-huh. COVID patient and the world changed and uh, we've been living in that. So I actually don't know what it is to work at Piedmont under pro-COVID circumstances <laughs> because I haven't experienced it yet. No, uh, but it has been a thrill ride. Yes, for sure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sorry, I interrupted you. You were talking about the organizational challenge. I was just going to say that organizational challenges in in established uh, industries are uh, both uh, competencies what we're seeing with our clients right had to do with the competencies the skill set but it also have to do with the culture and i assume it's going to be the same for for healthcare and one of the things that that we've seen is that there is uh, uh this tendency to for people that have been for a long time in an industry to try to straddle, some industries are getting disrupted, right? And 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 it, most of the income is coming through a certain channel, through, through a certain process, um, and they know that they need to address the future because there's disruptors, there's, there's a, a change in the industry, but they're trying to straddle between the dangers of it and what they need they need to be doing for, you know, to address the future opportunities. But they're straddling with their current sources of income, the current sources of revenue, right? And and uh, this is happening across industries, and it's happening, in, and 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 it's what's really the companies that are being able to straddle that efficiently and move faster to that to that future reality are the ones that are being able to to stay relevant and survive, right? Is that something that it's playing out too? in in the healthcare industry or do you feel that that's not a challenge just right now like it's been for other industries
1: yeah it's um i need to be careful not to talk about the industry as a whole as my experience is is limited to piedmont and what i see from the outside and others but assuming there are similarities between piedmont and other healthcare uh, systems uh we, we have challenges that are similar to other industries of course um In general, you know, change only happens when three things are true. Now, first and foremost, people need to have some level of dissatisfaction with uh, with the situation they're in. You know, what is the problem? Um, So that's one. The second thing, even if you're not happy with the current situation, you also need to have an idea of what a better state would look like. What is the vision of the future? What, what What would a better state look like? Uh, but if you have dissatisfaction with the world you're in or the, the current situation, and you have a vision of a better state, you still need to see a reasonable path to get there. Uh, and this is called the human action model, which was applied with uh, my former, my former employer, Georgia Pacific, uh, part of Coke Industries, really embraced that in, in their day-to-day management uh, philosophy. Um, but those three things have to be true, you know, dissatisfaction with the current state, a vision of a better state, and then a reasonable path to get from the current to the, the better state. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And in healthcare, it's it's kind of mixed. You, you have individuals that... Uh, don't see there is a problem mm-hmm. or I'm not dissatisfied with the current state. We, we've done this for a hundred years and you know, why, why couldn't we do this for another hundred years? Mm-hmm. Or, or, you know, it's, it's kind of like, I don't know what the problem is, you know, patients are patients and it's all about referrals and it's all about personal connections and people to people. Um. So that's one challenge that you have is like, are we all aligned to the potential problem that we're having. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's, that's one. And um, the second one is then what is the vision of a better state? Uh, What what is that future state that we would like to go to? Uh, And again, you know, once that is, you know, stated, and once you have that, is it a, um, is it a vision? Or is it an aligned vision? Is everybody agreeing on that? And then the last thing, do you have a plan? Now, Pete you know, I, I think there's mostly a, a uh, agreement on that we need a change. Mm-hmm. Uh, hence, our, our 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 slogan is "Real change lives here." Uh, our leadership has been pretty clear way before I came. Um, we we have a, our strategic framework. We call it "Plan on a Page," and clearly states this is where we want to be in 2026. Uh, You know, we want to have, we want to transform healthcare Mm -hmm. to have the best clinicians from a quality and a compassion uh, perspective. And we have, we want to have the forward leaning and most engaging experience for our patients. Mm -hmm. So that's clearly stated. And then we have a path to get there. And in order to get there, you really need to make sure that you clearly lay out what the strategies are, what the priorities were in the strategies and assign people to that to make it happen and push from the top now what I really like about our CEO uh, Kevin Brown is he also puts numbers to the words mm-hmm. so he basically has clear vision this is where we want to be in 2026 mm-hmm. this is what our strategic framework is these are the priorities these are the metrics for each of these priorities and this is who's is who, who's responsible mm-hmm. uh, and that's what you need to go now. So you, you check all these boxes. Yes, we have alignment on the problem. Yes, we have alignment on the vision. And we have a reasonable path to get there. Mm-hmm. Now, but within that reasonable path, there's a lot of lag and footwork that needs to happen.
0: Behaviors, action. Uh, behaviors
1: that need to change. Uh, it's one thing for leadership to say, this is where we're going. But if you have 2,500 doctors and almost 28,000 employees across 800 locations, uh, who all joined the systems at different points in time, it's not like you know some of these companies that are founded and are expanded and maybe acquire some others this somebody told me once say listen now when you're in healthcare most of the doctors started out as an entrepreneur with their own business their mm-hmm. own practice uh, somewhere along the line somewhere along the way they chose to join a larger system and they went from being an entrepreneur to becoming an employee of a large organization. So mm-hmm. they go from you know their standalone practice to being part of a multi-billion dollar system. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but their DNA hasn't changed. So now you have that tension between I'm a physician/slash entrepreneur with a high level of independence who now all of a sudden is an employee of a multi-billion dollar organization. Mm-hmm. And, and culturally, that does take some work on both sides to then pursue this path forward. Mm-hmm. And it's three steps towards one step back some of the yeah. times. Uh, some yeah. of the times you basically say, listen... Uh, this really works for the system as a whole but not for the individual uh, staff members or the individual practices or the individual physicians and then you try to adjust but the most important thing is is that collectively you try to move forward on that path that puts the patient central that is consumer centric and basically does everything you can to make a positive difference in every life we touch of which course. is our purpose so it's on the one hand, we have our purpose, make a positive difference in every life we touch, and the other hand, we have our vision and our mission, where we say, "Listen, we're going to transform healthcare to be the best clinicians with a high level of quality and compassion, mm-hmm. while delivering a forward-thinking, uh, one-of-a-kind experience." Mm-hmm. And and. There's no misalignment or problem on the first part of that transformation. There's not, not a single person who doesn't meet the best clinician and the best quality and compassion. On having changed that experience, which includes embracing a lot of digital tools and frameworks and, mm-hmm. and, and uh, processes, that's where you see the friction because the first part of our transformation does not always fully embrace the second part of the transformation. Of course because of the history and the experience that many people have. Mm-hmm. Add to that, no patient is the same. So just like in travel, there's still people out there that use travel agencies. Mm-hmm. Not a lot, but they're there. And there's people that they even don't know what a travel agency is, and they mm-hmm. don't know how to book an airline ticket without their app. Mm-hmm. And in in healthcare, the... Um, The population of patients skews a little bit different than society as a whole, Mm -hmm. because the as you get older is when you get more healthcare issues. Mm -hmm. Uh, So our population skews older. Our population is also very much dependent on where your where your locations are. Mm -hmm. So and those 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 demographic and geographic differences as as well as some other attributes play into the preference of the patient. Mm -hmm. But we have patients out there where it's still important that you pick up the phone and they can walk in and talk to their doctor and that's how they make an appointment. Mm -hmm. And you have patients that basically sitting, you know, at work and at 10 o'clock at night want to be able to make an appointment and you need to cater to all of those because if you're patient centered, you're, Centered around all of your patients and try to meet the needs of each individual patients mm-hmm. in the most effective and efficient way that you can.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Long answer to a simple question. I know. very
0: long answer, but you know it's it's a it's a complicated uh, uh, it's a complicated topic for any large organization. I love the framework. By the way, the, I, I I wrote notes on the framework. Uh, the first understanding the dissatisfied state, having a vision of. An improved state, and then what is the path to get there? Right. Yes, the I mean,
1: human action model. It's uh, it's uh, it's one of the fundamental uh, beliefs that uh, Coke Industries uh, uses in their in their uh, in their management philosophy.
0: Of course, I know I love it. I love it. Um, funny enough, it's similar to the type of i'm, I'm going to digress here but when i talk to clients and the, i'm in business development mode right i'm trying to understand what their pain is and i'm asking them about what is what would solve that pain so that's a vision so the pain is what is the satisfaction what would solve the vision and then i i talk to them about a results mechanism right so how we can help them relieve their pain and get to where they need to be right that which, which is very similar process to what you just described, but in a sales environment, right? So anyway. Correct me if I'm wrong,
1: but what you often see, and I see it here, I saw the George Pacific, I saw the Procter & Gamble, is that the dialogue and the requests or whatever conversation you have often focuses on the path to get there fast. You know, it's always like I'll give you one example. I, I would have a physician send me an email and I said, listen, I'm, um, I am I want to do a, an ad in a newspaper or I think right. I need to have more social media posts. And, you know, we're talking about the reasonable path to get there. And the question is like, well, what problem are we solving for? And yeah. what is the vision of your future state? Because what you're asking might or might not be the good solution for that. Yeah. And, and in general, we often skip the problem phase. Like what is our problem statement or what? what how will we define the challenge that we see? Uh, and often it's not sufficient to say, I need more patients or I need to sell more. It's kind of like, okay, what yes. is the goal? What is your status? What is the barrier? What is the insight? You know, what is the consumer perspective? Uh, what does the data say? We, we kind of tend to go, to the part that is easier to discuss. I said, yeah. oh, no, no, let's, let's get a line on the problem first.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, when we you're, have you're...
1: that alignment, let's align on the vision and the, and the path forward first.
0: And then, and then the let's
1: talk about, you know, the solutions and the tactics within those solutions. Yeah. So that's so... that's the harder part, but that's where people like you and, and me hopefully uh, can play a key
0: role. Absolutely, and, and, and you're absolutely right. Normally when somebody comes up with a pain, um, somebody come up, comes up with me with 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 a certain pain that they're describing business pain, right mm-hmm. normally what 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 I try to do is to scratch the surface and 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 because normally what they are describing the first time, most likely it's um consequence of the real pain. But if you go further down two or three questions asking why? what does what if you're curious and try to understand what are you trying to solve? is that really your problem? Let's you know and you realize that actually the problem is different, right? And they realize that actually what they were trying to address was like a, a like, like a little piece, but there's something more fundamental that they need to solve, right? Yes. That they need to address. And, and that's when then it becomes very interesting because now you're talking about a fundamental issue that you can solve and it's gonna actually, you're not talking about tactics anymore. Now you're talking about um, strategies, and the and solutions to achieve certain you know certain goals right so so when when a physician is saying i might want to have more social media uh, posts maybe the real pain is i don't see enough people coming through my doors right so let's try to figure out why is that happening it's not going to be solved by more social media it's going to be you know maybe it will require a different set of tactics right mm-hmm. so you know to that point you're absolutely right i mean there's there's it's interesting. It's interesting that process of um, problem definition and vision definition. That it's very, very important before we can then go into plan definition. Yes. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Listen, this has been a fascinating conversation. I really, I really enjoyed uh, all of your experience. I enjoyed learning about the. All of the great things that are happening at Piedmont Healthcare and also at the at, at the industry in general. What, what's coming for for customers? Um, I want to thank you, though for giving us your time.
1: Yeah, well, thank you for including Piedmont. Uh, we always love to talk about you know how things are changing. After all, you know, Piedmont. Our statement is real change lives here, uh-huh. and uh, and I uh, I'm very thankful that. Uh, that you uh, you included us in your in your in your efforts and uh, looking forward uh, to further conversations
0: excellent thank you so much the way
1: thank you